Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. If only Joss Archibald had finished that shot last night, the beginning of this episode would be a lot different. But guys, we're back. How are you both? Are you saying... I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you saying he's going to finish what he started? I don't know what you're talking about. Are you making about. a reference? I think so. Am I allowed to? Yeah, of course. Right. I, I'm so confused. Uh, we'll I'm not talk- talking about Josh Archibald. Uh, we're talking about Josh Archibald a little later when we talk about the Leafs and the Oilers cap off their series. McDavid was pretty good as always. Um, we're going to talk about Who? the Leafs and sorry, then we're going to talk about Montreal and Calgary wrapping up their two games. Jacob Markstrom being a big part of the Flames and getting two points last night. But we have to start the breaking news. And there's one thing we never miss on the show with waiver transactions. And we got a big one We love today. that stuff. It's because right? that's when we record. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, <laughs> waiver wire breaks. Um, <laughs> but biggest news of the day, maybe of the week, honestly. Anthony D'Angelo has been put on waivers by the New York Rangers. Just signed a two-year extension being reported that apparently he, this way that the Rangers have been trying to trade him. No one wanted him and they just signed the deal, I guess, to sort of make it more attractive. But I mean, we, we gave the Rangers a lot of crap a few episodes ago after the whole parlor stuff. Looks like they were trying to get rid of him the whole time. And, and I will say, I apologize to the Rangers because it turns out you were trying to get rid of this guy. But it's still a little shocking nonetheless, isn't it, guys? Um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely shocking. I feel like I feel like there's de- definitely something that's not out there yet that that maybe we don't necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes because like it's it's not like this is the first time that he's done something that other that a lot of people have seen as controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a feeling there's more to this story than just what happened uh, a couple weeks ago or last week. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Yeah. I'm pretty surprised that, you know, the Rangers got on them to finally, you know, make, make, make the most of what they kind of said. Cause we, when we first saw the tweets, they were saying like, Oh, we don't, agree with this that you know we're gonna go talk to him uh it's it just seemed like another kind of you know putting the blanket over it of like the nhl saying that we're gonna deal with this but they didn't actually do something but they actually did something with this and like alex said like we don't know to what extent what other things were coming out what was kind of going on in the locker room what was going on with them discussing like how is this guy gonna fit now but 
I think it's is huge because the one example I used last time was Brendan Lepsick, who, like, in all time services, he's like a fringe NHLer that you know mm-hmm. he had his contract uh, bought out. He was off the team, but you know that's we're talking about seven hundred thousand for like a depth guy, and for something to happen to someone who was arguably one of their best defensemen last year, who was getting Norris considerations to be put on waivers like this is still surprising to me. I'm still trying to uh, kind of think like, wow, that, that actually did happen. He has the talent level offensively to be a top four defenseman. No questions asked. Um, but if you, it's, there seems to be a mix of yes, maybe the off the ice crap, they're maybe getting sick of it, but Maybe they could have put it's it's like you ignore what differences you may have in the locker room as long as you're winning. And I the two highlights I've seen Tony D'Angelo of like the last two things that have been significant enough to like get into my Twitter timeline was going back to the bubble when Sebastian Aho completely blew past him. And then when when Bat Matt, sorry, when Matt Barzell did the same thing opening the season for the Rangers. He it didn't take very long for him to get scratched either. So I, I don't think – I wonder if he does get claimed, if anyone takes that sort of flyer and why it's going to be Arizona. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> going back. Oh, can, we, can I just the... <laughs> mention one thing about that on both sides of that, this, this trade that we had at the 2017 draft? Yes. Terrible asset management from both sides. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was like considered you know the blockbuster, but now looking at what – every return uh what it kind of panned out to be for any team you know anti ron i understand the injuries but it's just surprising that you really have not much not a lot to kind of show for it anymore story of most trades of the arizona pull off where what did they really get out of max domi what happened to alex Yelchenyuk? a lot of stuff like that it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with D'Angelo. Apparently the Rangers have a plan or it seems to be that they're going to have a plan whether he clears whether he doesn't. I'm sure they're hoping that he does get claimed because it's not like their cap situation anyway is sort of fantastic at the moment. No. And the fact they have the barrier guy they just signed 2 years is a bit of um a bit of a question. And and if they try to buy him out, I mean which I guess they could, it would be like this year alone, they already have twelve or thirteen million dollars in in buyout. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. They have a Connor McDavid plus a little bit. Yeah, in buyout exactly. money. Mm-hmm. That's one Gordon's, way to look at it. Yeah, Gordon's done a great job in New York, but I mean, they haven't been afraid to uh, use the buyout in. And man, it's maybe they could use some of that cap to get a real left side defensively. Are they still paying Dan Girardi? Uh, yep. Three more years, 1.1 million. Oh my gosh. That's pretty bad. He last played what? Two years ago for the lightning. It was like forever ago. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations by the way to Alexi Lafreniere for getting his um, first career goal. OT winner for the, uh, for the Rangers, I believe it was over Buffalo, which is, which is great. Uh, you know what made me laugh when they were comparing it? What? They had his picture beside Jack Hughes comparing the the number one picks, and Jack Hughes looks like a 13-year-old beside <laughs> Alexei Lafreniere. He's been good too, eh? Yeah, yeah. Le- leading the team in points. Good. That's really Are the good. Devils making the playoffs? No. Are no. Anaheim? 
No. Uh, yes. Brutal loss last night to the St. Louis. I know, but if you you recall in the Mighty Ducks movie, they lost to the Hawks by a bit of like the same score and they still managed to win, you know, the, uh, the POE tournament. So, you know, I'm still holding out hope. It's early in the season. Did Gibson play last night? Yeah, he got he um okay, so there's um Eric Stevens from The Athletic actually uh wrote something about it where John Gibson led in three goals in less than three minutes. <sighs> and he just went to the bench. He uh, Dallas Eakins didn't pull him. He just he went to the bench and they're saying like it's a clear showing of his frustration with the team because like he didn't even do like you know the props to Ryan Miller when he came onto the ice. It's just he just went I would to the be, bench. I would be frustrated too. It's not like this is We've heard this story with John Gibson and this team to start every year for the past couple. Was was the owner sitting behind the uh, bench? <laughs> no, unfortunately, um, he stayed on the bench. He didn't go to the back. He uh, he didn't we'll say see. this was my last game. No, he didn't. But you know, I think this is a karma thing for me. Oh, I don't really believe too much in the karma thing. But I think this is a the same Blues Blues must have listened to us. Why is that? They because they torched the Ducks last night. They, they listen to you, sir. Yes. To you. Well, we're a brand together. If one of us says one thing, the three of us said it. I don't know about that. Definitely <laughs> not. Was, Definitely I, not true. I was My blood was boiling that you didn't have St. Louis making it. I'll give you credit for Minnesota, though. Thank you. Was because their young That's guys fair. are really, really turning it on. Too bad one of them in Marco Rossi. Will not play this year. Seems to be has yeah. an upper body injury that seems to be related to getting COVID-19. He will be back in Minnesota apparently in March. Um, I'm going to get that tweet up right now. I be- I, I'm going to say it was from Russo, but at the same time, put my phone on silent while I'm there. God damn I it. believe it was from Russo. I think you're right. It was from Russo. The most trusted man in hockey is Michael Russo, honestly. Not yeah. Justin from Wizards of Wave- from Wizards of Waverly. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have to something before we go on. Yeah. Doesn't Justin Russo look like Jake Allen? Kind of. The faces like, I, are a bit more than the hairstyle. That. that is a very good point. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe the hair. Yeah. Not the eyes. I don't. I think can't. So. I, okay. All right. Jake Allen, by the way, was really, really good last night. He's been fantastic for Montreal. Really, really good signing. Montreal using their cap space, addressing needs, and people still aren't giving them credit. Hello, Adam Wild, you bastard. Um, you guys talked about this last episode when I unfortunately couldn't make it. Um, but, you know, with Jim Rutherford now being gone, we're starting to hear stuff leak out, rumors potentially. Apparently, there was going to be a deal involving the Pittsburgh Penguins and a defenseman from the North Division going the other way. Now, this opens a lot of sort of questions because there's been stuff of, like, the Penguins have an idea of they still want to win as long as they have Sid. But, you know, the approach to take here. And what's interesting about looking at a trade of a Northern Division and a defenseman is right off the bat, we think of two defensemen that look to be on their way out in respective teams. That's Travis Dermott for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Victor Mete, who definitely has demanded the trade from Montreal. Cheeky bastard. Unless I'm over, you know, if, if I'm missing a sort of detail there. But I wonder, because Yannick Weber was obviously signed by Jim Rutherford, like the day he resigned too. So there was the need there. But I'm just wondering, because apparently like, Chris Letang was not involved, which could you imagine if he was, that would have been great. Like, give me the trades, Jim. I'm going to miss him, by the way, because he just, he gave us talking points. But just your guys' kind of thoughts, like, like, 
what could this have been? Like, what is going on in Pittsburgh? So the more I think about it, the less I'm inclined to say Dermot because I was do I was just digging around about the whole Dermot thing because I know it's been talked about. Um, no one I've really read has said anything of significance about Dermot being traded. Um, so I feel like maybe that's kind of off the table. Like it's a possibility if they're getting something back, but I think for me the most likely candidate for that would be Victor Mete. Like I know Bergevin last night <clears throat> denied the trade, uh, de- denied the rumors, or but like listen. I mean, you you even tweeted it out last night. He like this has happened before, and I know yeah. Mete isn't PK or um, who was or the Gal other Chenek one? At that time. Gal Galchenyuk. Like, mm. but you know you have to think that he if Ferris confirmed he asked for the trade. Like Ferris overdoes things, but I don't think he seems like the type of guy to go out of his way to lie about it like that. What Bergeron apparently said was not true and not trading him was the text message he was sending out last night. Um, which, of course, yeah, he's not going to – I don't expect Mark Bergeron to say it. You know, what also kind of keeps credence to this, the thinking of maybe that it is Toronto or Montreal, we didn't hear about it. And they are, they are two teams that don't let stuff get out. Um, I was thinking – and you know what, you, you make a very good point with, with, with Toronto there, but – you know, there, if you look for connections, you can obviously see that the Leafs and the Penguins have not been afraid to make big deals over the past few years. No. Though, I, I mean, it's not a coincidence that at the same time, this came out, by the way, last night about Victor Mete, and we'll talk about Bennett in a second here. Two Darren Ferris, two Darren Ferris clients, Hockey Night in Canada, around headlines. Victor Mete didn't get into that segment, but he was afterwards, but... I wonder now if there is a sort of connection, because obviously if you're making trades, it's probably the best if you're in the North Division to do it in the North Division. Yeah. Because Sam Bennett has been a player that has been linked to Montreal for a couple of years. And I wonder if there's some sort of, we're going to swap her. Because don't forget, Montreal did just trade a Darren Ferris client for a Darren Ferris client in Domi for Anderson. Right. So I wonder if there's some sort of swap here. Maybe you see that Froley can't get in the lineup and like Armia might not get his spot because Perry's been playing so well. I wonder if there's some sort of, if, if this thing with Pittsburgh has fallen through as we, we can clearly see it has, if maybe there's a swap with those two Canadian teams, your guys' thoughts on that. Um, Daniel, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the first thing I, before we get to the Calgary <clears throat> part is about the, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at your cup. What you're using it's, um, yeah it's a beaker and I'm drinking yeah. yeah if you want to see the beaker check glass. out the youtube but uh yeah what i kind of talk about with that is i think that there's a bit of an expectation now with mm-hmm. travis dermott wanting to kind of push into it so i think maybe there'd be a trade situation there because i think the two different approaches is victor mete when you drafted him uh you know what you kind of got already later in that round you like you know what he kind of brought to it he's not the most offensive guy he you know he's solid defensively and that's what you got Mm. I think with Travis Dermott there was a bit more of that pressure of you know we kind of did a bit of that maneuvering at the draft let's try to mold this guy into a top four guy and then the second phase of that is okay let's try to play him on the right side 
That's a very good point. So I can't remember who it was, but they somebody said that the Leafs didn't they, they they didn't want to use the word manipulate, but they had really gone around to draft their second round guy and Victor Mete, I believe was two hundredth overall. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it was a lot of talk was with Dermot. Oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just keep talking defensemen here. Why not? Um, Alex was that like the talk about him playing on the right side? I feel like every episode we were talking about it. Yeah, we we were, but I feel like now we're at a point where it's not really necessary because you have Brody, mm-hmm. right? Player. Brody's Brody's been like the like of the new additions. I'd argue he's been the most impressive, despite with the exception of that one Ottawa game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Justin Hall, who's been absolutely fantastic, so and then solid. you have Zach Bogosian. Like okay, like. He, he, your expectations for a third pairing defenseman really aren't that high, but I think he's meeting them. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're really, especially this year, I don't necessarily think there's a need for him to play on the right side. I think going into this year, we had the expectation that, you know, Zach Bogosian was really going to be our seventh defenseman. You know, we needed Lettinen to play on the left. <clears throat> and so Dermot would play on the right, but I, I think we've entered a different situation. Um, any note you guys want to throw out there, Mete, Dermot, we can talk about Sam Bennett, open discussion. Yeah. Just about um, Sam Bennett quickly. Um, I don't, in my opinion, I don't necessarily see a swap between him and Mete because the thing with Bennett, like why would he want to trade out of Calgary? Would it be the minutes? It feels like there's been rumors about him forever. I feel like it's that concern about, He's Joe Ward. He's different in the playoffs. And I wonder if Calgary, it's more Calgary or just, maybe he's just sick of, if, if, if there's just a bad relationship there, you know, maybe just like, I need to change the scenery. I don't know. It's, it's very strange, but it's been out there for a while. It feels like. Yeah. And listen, if like, it's the, if it's the minutes necessarily, I don't think going to Montreal is going to fix that because I think the way Montreal is working right now is working so well for them that, you know, switching Mete for Bennett, I think in theory would be a, a, a good move for both sides. Like if you asked me last year, hey, we have Romanov coming, uh, we'll swap Bennett, Bennett, sorry, Bennett and Mete. I don't necessarily see that as the worst move, but considering their situation now and considering Bennett isn't really like, what would you say Bennett would automatically make the lineup if he joined your team right now? This very second, no, no, he wasn't. No, he right. pushed onto the third that, or something. Find something for him there. Like I, I think, yeah. Like if that's the case, I don't necessarily think this is the right move for for Montreal. I think for, for Victor Mete going to Calgary, he'll probably get at least some playing time. Mm-hmm. But for in Bennett's case, it's not necessarily the best move. Daniel, in, in my opinion, I kind of think that the way Calgary would want to view this is, and you know, this could be completely wrong, but it's cutting their losses in a way, because I think the speculation's really been there when a lot of reporters have mentioned, keep in mind, Sam Bennett went fourth overall and, you know, it's been Calgary that's kind of worked with him extensively to try to see, okay, what role can you really play for this team? And, you know, he has carved out a role, but it's not something you really kind of want in like the modern era of getting a guy in the top five. And the way I think Calgary sees this now is that 
maybe what he kind of brings to the team now is a bit more of a luxury and it's something that they could leverage to get something in return. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes sense on paper that, you know, Victor Mete fits a bit of that need. It's just, yeah, if, I think, yeah, what Alex said, it works on Calgary's side, but I just don't, like, what I view with Montreal is, you know, don't fix what's not broken. Mm-hmm. I just really see what you got because, you know, worst comes to worst, if some of the depth is depleted here and there, like, they have signed enough guys that, you know, they're all pros, they're all veterans that they could just slot in there, like, right away. And again, what we said about Jake Allen, like, you know, you don't have that carry price worry anymore of, are we playing him too much? Exactly, exactly. Um Price not starting on a not price not starting on a Saturday night. I can't remember the last time that happened while he was healthy. By the way, it it almost felt like a sin. But you're like, oh, we have two good goalies. What is this? <laughs> it was so weird. Mister Saturday night, John Bartlett had the call. I was ready. I was ready. It's, yeah, rough game. Rough game. We'll get to it later though. Um, here's a weird story. Travis Konechny, one of the Flyers' best players, really emerged over this last year. I'd say, Lee, like scoring right up there. Get scratched last night. Apparently, it was made very clear, don't bother calling us about him. He's not going to get moved. I just, I feel like I'm missing something here. What was the point of it? Like, I haven't seen anything about it. I haven't heard any issues. I haven't seen any terrible shifts when he didn't bother to fight a Tampa Bay Lightning player at a battle. No reference to Pierre-Luc Dubois at all. Somebody explain... Alex, you like Elaine Vigneault. What's the decision here? I'm, I'm so confused. No, I don't necessarily think this was the right move. And I saw a lot of people criticizing it too. My understanding was, is that, you know, his last few games necessarily haven't been the best. And Vigneault's trying to prove a point. And it was a very similar to similar discussion that was, that was had here uh, four or five years ago. It was a similar discussion that was being had in Winnipeg with Line A a couple of years ago, proving a point. And I know obviously Konechny's on his second contract, but I guess it's holding players accountable. Obviously in Toronto's case, that, that short, very short period of time where Mitch Marner played on the fourth line and made Matt Martin look like an absolute genius. Uh, and then the whole point of in, in um, Winnipeg's case, moving Line A around, obviously, because at that time, his two-way game really was, oh, it was awful. Like, it was not good, mm-hmm. right? So proving a point, was this the best thing to do? I, I, I don't know, because he's such an impactful player. It, it's always, it's such a weird case, because when you're a bottom six guy, you're a bottom pairing guy, if you're not playing well, you're out of the lineup. But how do you, how do you do the same with, with a, a guy of in a higher class than than these guys we're talking about? Is it just demoting them, or is it scratching them? And in this case, I guess Vigneault picked scratching them. I don't know if I would do the same. Daniel, I'm gonna ask you this because we have a right winger here, right-handed. God love him. First round pick. Right now is playing better than he ever did in the World Juniors. Those five games, one point in 2016. I just I got his hockey DB page up here because you got to explain to people if you're a very casual hockey fan and you look up Travis Konechny, how do you explain scratching a guy who in eight games, five goals, three assists, eight points, not a single penalty minute, and is a plus five? I mean, yeah. plus like plus minus, but you know you know what I mean, right? Like, how do you how do you justify that? Yeah, um, it's funny. When I was reading Alan Vigneault's comments on this, it sounded like a rejected job application to me. 
where it's like he talked about I all the great things. You through with your applications. Sorry. Like it's like you see, he, you'll list the good things that he's really doing, like the uh, offensive production that he's been responsible, and then but the however part That's is young. about his five on five game that you know he. They, like Alan Vion didn't see something he didn't like and that, you know, it's been going on for a few games. So it's like, we're going to try to see what we can do with the practice, the, like the practice lines we had. And yeah, it was weird to me because this is such an odd time when I think about Sean Couturier on the IR still that, you know, you're not Philly, Philly has depth, but you know, you don't have that superstar power no. on your offensive lines that you could kind of roll out every night that you can say that I could take out a Travis Konecki. Whatever happened to Giroud and Voracek, by the way? <laughs> like, you ever think about that? Like, just what happened to them when they were... Like, what happened to like, the Giroud when people were like, Crosby's got to pass the tour, like that dumb stuff. But, the like, World Cup funny. of Hockey. <laughs> remember that? He, uh, actually, no, not the World Cup. The Olympics. You remember that? No. He was on the initial squad for the Olympics. And then at the last minute, they replaced him with Jeff Carter. Oh. Because they just oh. said, so, oh, was, uh, we, we had him on all our list all year. And then something about we needed someone to also, like, bring in grit. And then people compared it to, like, the 1992 Olympics where Isaiah Thomas didn't make the team because he had, like, a feud with Michael Jordan. Uh, they didn't want to mess with the chemistry, man. They didn't shake hands back then. That wasn't how it worked. Um, you know how many goals Konechny scored last year, guys? Uh, it was over 30. It must have been almost 40. It was 24. Okay. You know how many it's he scored close. the year before? Uh, that would have been his contract year. 27. 30. 24. Oh, you my God. You know how much he scored in his second year? 24. 24 goals. You know how many he scored in his rookie year? 24. 11. Okay. <laughs> so I just thought it was point really season. High to end eventually. In the midway point season, he's going to have 24. He's just going to stop. But last year, he had 60, 61 and 66 games, 24. So he would have he would have broken 30, but he's good. He's uh, He puts like the All-Star game, didn't he? Did he? Am I thinking of Konechny? I swear, I, I think he did. You know what I think of all-star games now? I don't know why. It kind of gives me a bit of anxiety because I know that, like, they're not naming them, like, you know, the traditional way. But I just to think of, like, you know, those events, crowds for a weekend. That's all oh. <laughs> uh, he, did, he did go, by the way. He did go. Okay. Excellent. 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 Um, all right. Where are we now? Everywhere. We got to – I just smacked my mic and dropped my pen. God damn it. Okay. We got to see a few retro reverse jerseys last night. Okay, and I'm going to say this. The Oilers jersey, I didn't like it, okay? After seeing it on the ice, I, I like it. I, I, thought it was re- I thought it was really nice. I thought it was a really nice jersey. On the other hand, the least one does not look good in a game. No, it, no. <laughs> it, it, the picture didn't look good. The picture no. of someone wearing it over FaceTime was like, all right, that's not bad. But in a game, it's not great. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more with that. The thing, so the thing with Edmonton is I found that it was glistening too much and you know mm-hmm. what they say about glistening. If you're glistening, no, no one's, listening. one's listening, right? Shout out Gary, Dr. Gary Gold, absolute mm-hmm. legend. Um, but the Leafs one, oh my God. Oh, that was, it was not nice. Like it was so difficult to tell 
who was who when they're skating. Like when they slowed down, I'm like, okay, that's Nylander, that's Matthews. I could not figure out figure out who it was. Like I had to tell by the hair. Like that's how <laughs> I was figuring things out. And it's like half of them have like you couldn't you really couldn't tell. So that was or the beard. That one that one was an easy one to figure out. But man, please don't please stop wearing them. Chris Cuthbert and Ray Ferraro were even saying like it was you're saying on Twitter, it's like they didn't say anything, but they wanted to because it was just they're just for commentary's sake. You couldn't tell. Like for example, that the Nylander goal, right? That yeah. I think it was like Tavares's hard work. How in the hell the Oilers let that go through is beyond me. I didn't know it was William until I saw his face and his hair. I'm like, it's him. All right, there you go. Yeah, Man, it was it was bad. It was really really bad. I'll tell I, you I, another one that's really good though, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Take it away because I know you want to say it. No, I'm, I'm going to stick to the Leafs and Oilers first because I had some funny comments about those ones. So uh, there's a guy named Dylan that he was in the program last year. And he's like, I didn't know until midway through the Oilers were wearing the retro reverse jerseys because he's like, there's really like not a lot of like changes to them from like what they've seen before with original jerseys. Mm-hmm. And the second one was Gordon Miller's tweet about like whose idea was it to put blue numbers on a blue jersey? Yeah. And he's like, just just saying this, you know, for uh, for the help of a colleague who's commentating a game, yes. that it it is really difficult for, for commentators to kind of really justify who's uh, who's who has the puck. Hey, can I be honest? I think we made better jerseys in NHL twenty one. I, 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 I don't know about that. Our Seattle Kraken jerseys were on point. I mean, I like the Leaf logo, like the logo itself. That's too big. Is, is beautiful to me but like everything else is just yeah okay another thing too when they were promoting that and they're like oh remember to get your jersey at real sports do you remember when they had the green smiley face on the side of the no you remember that no so there was a green smiley face that the leaves put there and then people like was that like an edit you forgot to take out and then apparently uh no it's part of the promo because james myrtle also commented is like what's with the green smiley face and apparently it's a reference to marner and matthews Okay. Yeah, I I, 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 thought you guys <laughs> like let me know. I'm like, I, this is like a weird reference I'm missing here. I don't understand. Can like you, you do we not remember why he put the smiley face on his on his glove? Wasn't it a mental health thing? It stemmed from the whole Babcock. I'm pretty sure it had to do yeah. with the Babcock thing. It was like a reminder to himself to have fun, wasn't it? Okay, <laughs> that's. Yeah, Were you guys having fun is. last okay. night? I was fine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know i did not have a good night um well we're at a crossroads here mm. um we'll start with the dukes the du- why do i say it like that dukes. Dukes. not a great night last night for the anaheim ducks john gibson gets pulled well daniel, he pulls you, himself <laughs> he pulls i was about to say daniel can you you described it to us when you first joined our zoom call before we started recording can you just explain to us how john gibson took himself out the game last night yeah so he lets in three goals with less than three minutes into the game and he literally just goes to the bench and i i mentioned eric stevens of the athletic said i did not really see if there was a call from head coach Dallas Eakins to indicate that he's going with Ryan Miller. John Gibson, apparently out of frustration for this team, went to the bench on his own admission. 
I'm just like quickly going through the highlights now to try and find it. And it's just like, they let Zach Sanford just walk in. I mean, this, this ducks team, like I'm looking at it. It's two, nothing, five, nothing other shots about three minutes into the game. So far, sorry, about two minutes into the game. There's a comparison. I think you threw on the doc, Daniel, Mm -hmm. about the ducks and their play. And it, it is an issue that you raised that you thought the Ducks were going to look like before the season. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's your cue. Go. Yes. The way I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> the way I kind of see it is that yesterday it, it really exploded in a way because, you know, John Gibson has kept them in there like the day before they lost by one goal against the Coyotes. And then it's crazy. John Gibson has two shutouts already this year and they're both one, nothing games. That's J.S. Jaguar-like right there. That Yeah, like what I'm kind of seeing with this team is, and I've compared it on the dock, is the 2002 Habs or the 2014 Devils where we remember Jose Theodore, he wins the heart, he wins the Vesna for that, you know, that that Montreal team that, you know, squeezes into the eighth place spot. And then I see the Devils who, I think that was the year they had like fifth or 12 overtime losses or something. They just were zero for 11 in the shootout. But that was the year that, Corey, uh, Corey, Corey Schneider became the starter full-time and they just could not score for him. And he had an insane save percentage and he played like more than 70 games. And I'm seeing the same thing now with the Ducks is that they could still play that style everyone knows them for, but they just can't score. They don't have any more scores. They don't have any of the young guys kind of really stepping up where, you know, they've been playing solid two-way games, but just they're not getting the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally got to look at all of them. Talk about letting your goalie out to dry, by the way. Like, one was a Kairou break. Um, like, Kairou, like, somehow gets an open lane in the sh- in the slot after completely embarrassing Cam Fowler. One was a breakaway, bar down. The second one, again, Zach Sanford gets his own rebound in front of him after beating, like, three ducks to get to the front. I feel so bad for John Gibson. This is just, uh, you can just see the look in his eyes. Like, what am I supposed to do? I think his his save percentage was at like 960 the other day, was it not? Yeah. There's no way he's not frustrated. Like, this has to be, because like, how old is he? He's still relatively young. Like, he's what, 28 around there at least? Uh, 26 turning 27. Oh my God. Like, he's still like, he's still young. Like this is, he's kind of, I guess, entering his goalie prime because goalies are odd, but, and you're kind of now being pushed, not really put you're in the middle of a rebuild. Mm. He is 27 by the way. Like he's in the middle of a rebuild. This has to be, be frustrating. And I think, I think Anaheim might be closer than some think, but I think, I think a lot has to go right for them to be closer because it's one thing to draft the prospects. And I think you look at the cabinet that they have, I think it's, it's quite filled and it's quite filled. Well, it's another thing to develop those prospects. And I think that's, that's Anaheim's goal because, you know, look at, you know, Comtois, Zegris, these, and, and these other guys, Lundestrom that these guys that they're playing Drysdale, like, you have to develop them well. And I, I mean, I don't see why they, they can't, but that's just, I think, their next step. Um, has Zegris played at all this year? 
I don't know. He hasn't played like yet. Because I know, like he should. Like if if this is the case, if they're in this situation, at least try it. Like I'm not like obviously don't play him. Like don't just throw him into the top six. Like that's just that's not a great idea necessarily. But at least throw him out there a little bit and see what he can do now. What's the worst case that happens? You play mm-hmm. him a couple games and it doesn't turn out well. Okay, well, the AHL is supposed to start soon. That's that's where you're going to play this season. Yeah. I just one final point we move on about this is that, in a way, because the Ducks, is a very, they're a very young franchise. They've actually never had to go through a full-scale rebuild, in a way, because when they lost Paul Correa, that was when they made the finals, right? Mm-hmm. And then they built their way back up through free agency, and then they got Getzlaff and Perry so late in the first round. So they never actually had to have these moments where they just throw a young team out there because, you know, Getzlaff and Perry had Scott Niedermeyer and, mm-hmm. like, Timo Solani and, like, Chris Pronger to help them along the way. And then the guys that, like, Cam Fowler, like Josh Manson, they had they had Getzlaff and Perry in their prime to help them along the way as well. And then John Gibson didn't have to be rushed at all because they had Jonas Hiller, Victor Fast, Frederick Anderson. And then this is just like a whole new thing that like, I think that they've never actually had to deal with before. Mm-hmm. By the way, John Gibson is three, three and two. It's just two ties. I think that's supposed to mean overtime losses. Two of those wins, as you pointed out, were shutouts. He's a nine, three, one save percentage. Boy, boy. Can we just give him the Vesna even though they won't make the playoffs? Um, maybe. If he keeps these numbers. If he keeps it above 910, then definitely. <laughs> if he can do that. That's, that's like league average now. Like how the hell did he have a higher save percentage than Bobrovsky last year on that team? About at 904, 907. Okay. Um. Okay, so we have the Leafs and we have the Habs, and combined we have with that the Oilers and the Flames. So the two big Eastern teams and the Albertan, clearly lesser teams to go. I'm kidding, obviously. Where do you guys want to start first? I think we started with Toronto last time, so why don't we start with Montreal? Perfect. Um, the Canadians have a, you know two sets of games. Not two sets. That doesn't make sense. Two games with the Calgary Flames. They split those one and one. Montreal's first regulation loss of the season – and I talk about Calgary's a problem not having goalies. Jacob Markstrom fixed that. Oh, boy. There was a point in the second period where Montreal shot attempts were like 19 to 5. And they were just skating circles around the flames. But focusing on them, they came out, had a really, really strong first period, as you knew they were going to after they had that player-only meeting which is having it this early in the season. Of course, they've played less games than the other Canadian teams because they got like that five-day break. Johnny Goudreau gets on the board early in the game of a power play goal. He's been hot as well. Despite the Bennett stuff, Calgary, after I think they actually snap a three-game winning, a three-game losing streak as well in that. I wonder if you guys have a thought on Calgary so far and just how important Jacob Markstrom is and is probably going to continue to be for that team. Um, I, I think Markstrom is their most important acquisition mm-hmm. from the summer. I think that what was the one thing that we always talked about with with Calgary? It was 
you know, their goaltending wasn't consistent. And then obviously their star players couldn't perform in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now we obviously we can't get to that second one until, until the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, but I think the first one has been addressed extremely well. Yes. Um, like he was the best goalie on the market. Um, obviously because Leonard didn't, didn't hit free agency, but Markstrom was the best goalie to hit the market. And I think it might be cut. Like, I don't even know like where else that team could have gone. Like it's, this was the acquisition they had to make. It was the acquisition they had to make and they did it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. I kind of agree too. That is there. There were two things I, we mentioned that the flames had to fix and that, number one thing was their goaltending that for years they put in you know brian elliott david riddick mike smith um chad johnson in there to you know just absorb the starts to try to get something out of them you know what i've said before sign they sign these guys to try to make them play above what they've shown already and it just was never the case for them where they always had these odd tandems that I never really viewed them as, you know, legitimate tandems. And Jakob Markstrom has become a world-class goalie. He is someone that we've talked about that, you know, he was a bit of a late bloomer, I think, into being arguably elite right now. And that was a big thing for them. But the other thing we talked about, and I think that they've been able to do this, is the guys they paid to be their focal points are elevating their games again. That we're seeing what we said the traditional Johnny Goudreau. We're seeing, you know, the Elias Lindholm. We're seeing the uh, Sean Monahan. These guys that um, have just been, to be honest, like they were disappointments the last two years. And uh, you know, as much as that, you know, we don't we don't really like him in the city. But Matthew Kachuk, you know, he's playing his game. He's being what he kind of needs to be. And what I like the guy who is- takes penalties. <laughs> yeah, but um, also like even on the back end of things that. They had so many quality names there that I kind of felt that they didn't play to their potential. You know, it's not just Mark Giordano and friends anymore. Because, like, Giordano's, I feel this year's taking a bit of a step back, especially given his age. But, you know, we're seeing the Rasmus Anderson. We're seeing, if not the, you know, top two guy he was supposed to be, we're seeing at least a stable Noah Hannafin. We're seeing the leadership, you know, Chris Tanev's given to this team. And then they have that bottom six that for years have been solid, that they just keep adding to it. Mm-hmm. Stabling presence on the back end and a good goalie. Sounds like something Vancouver could really use right about now. Isn't mm-hmm. that really, really funny? Um, by the way, some some news I thought I'd just mention. This is from Jonathan Bernier. Uh, good news for Josh Anderson. He uh, tested negative for COVID again. Um, and apparently it seems to believe that his symptoms are attributed to something he ate. So okay. he, he had That's food poisoning. I was Wait, watching that one closely. So n- not the Jonathan Bernier who plays for the Detroit. Not Red that Wings. Jonathan. Just, want, just wanted to make sure. Former um, friend of the. Oh no, he is a friend of the show. But he's a former Leaf legend, Jonathan Bernier. Whoever said he was a friend of the show? When did we start handing this title out? No. I mean, okay, he played I don't for the remember. Leafs. He played for I, the Leafs, and he was a real junior goalie. I All do right. not remember handing that title out to Jonathan right. Bernier. And anyway, no, this is Jonathan Bernier from the Montreal Journal. Can I tell you a funny story? Yes, you can. Jonathan Bernier. 
Get okay, so uh, remember when Nordstrom opened in Eden Center? This was like a year before we started at Ryerson. Maybe. And he, this he did ads for them because you know how he's like really into fashion. Yes. So a month after he was traded, yes, there were ads everywhere around the city for for Nordstrom yes. for yes. Like, oh, come to our new Eden yes. Center, and then they didn't fix it. Where <laughs> the bottom it said Maple Leafs goaltender Jonathan Bernier. I remember that. I remember that. That I remember. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That is uh, that's quite a story. But going back to the actual Jonathan Bernier we're mentioning here, mm-hmm. honestly, that's a great thing because yeah. when I was reading all of that about Josh Anderson, I was a bit worried because what was I too? You know, I was thinking the worst, like because I've seen this in the NBA so many times. Right, you're like, are they going to start postponing games for the Montreal Canadiens? Are they going to have to see like, okay, we got to test everybody, we got to push everything back, and then it just it's become like a whole mess of things because now the NBA is dealing with. All right, we have to like find time now to play these catch up games. Yeah, I mean Carolina's division. Yeah, Dallas Stars. Yeah, they just Wonderful. there's been nothing there. Um But yeah, it was weird because all of a sudden they just Montreal just announced that he was done for it and I was like, What happened? There was no sort of big hit, didn't fall over or anything. It was like, What happened here? Yeah. It was just he probably ate a bad hot dog or something. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's eating uh hot dogs. <laughs> Maybe on game day. On was game it the pizza? Michael know. Jordan the flu game. <laughs> yeah. Well, um yeah, there was a lot of anger last night. Perhaps. Oh really? For Adam? It was just because it's just you know the feeling when you get goalie by by someone else. You start looking at just all the you know when you have the chance to get an opportunity on an odd man rush or a power play, you know, it becomes that much more frustrating. Especially when your standards are high for your team, like Habs fans are with this this current squad and how well they've started the season. And I'm just so worried. And that that Lepress article about Deneau turning that deal down. He's losing money every time he steps in the offensive zone because he has been probably the most disappointing Canadian to start the season. And like Paul Byron hasn't scored. He's been looking great. Like we all forget he was a flame, like best waiver pickup of all time. You can talk about, and he was, you know, getting, he was sparking the team. There's a reason Paul Byron has an a people kind of forget that. But Kulak's six defensemen, like, you know, you don't get too mad about that. But Deneau had at least two looks last night that I can remember. One was straight into the glove of Jacob Markstrom. And it wasn't like, oh, my God, he got it. It was just like that. Oh, just got, got it. it. Like right into the glove, oh. right? The other was a goddamn three-on-one. And if you have an odd man rush, like it's not as bad as Pittsburgh having like a, a two, three-on-0 oh. and missing the net. Like it's not that bad. That was horrible. But Deneau on a three-on-one misses the net. By a sizable amount, and you just think, "Oh no!" I think he's still trending on Twitter. I have a question for you, Adam. Yep. So, worst comes to worst, if Deno doesn't sign that extension, and you know he kind of goes to the open market, and knowing that he rejected that, you know, very generous offer and term, mm-hmm. what's going to be worse to you? Is it going to be the Deno thing or the Anthony Duclair situation? Wait, as in like in terms of analyzing player. it, like of you know the, the extension was there. You just had to sign it. Yeah. It could look. I mean, again, there's a lot of hockey to be played. Like just under fifty games. I mean, and it's going to go by quickly. It is. Um, 
it's going to be worse because it's a lot more money. It's a lot, I would say, a, a, a like a higher profile player. And again, it, it was a, it was something with term. And it, Duclair went on 31 Thoughts and denied that he had gotten that three times three deal. He kind of joked, trust me, if I had gotten that, I would have signed it. I think to know would be a lot worse because again, $25 million in this scenario, you're a centerman. So, you know, you could always get the more amount of money. You're a two way stud. That means something. I, I don't think Duclair is even close to that sort of situation. I mean, guy still got a million. What was his Panthers deal? Like 1.1 or something. Still got money out of it. Yeah. Like, no is at worst going to get, if he goes to the open market and gets like, Four million dollars per year. I wouldn't be surprised. Is he going to get the term? I don't know, but I, I think it would definitely be worse. He's twenty-seven would, now, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, one point seven for Duclair. One point seven. One point seven million dollars is nothing to scoff at. What doesn't help to know situation even more here is he's not getting as much penalty kill time. It's been Evans and Suzuki, right. and uh, it helps when Jake Evans is getting all these shorthanded goals. By the way. Doing he, as a rookie, his first full rookie season is stealing Phil Deneau's job. Remind you of the playoffs, anyone? And Nick Suzuki is like, he's the first line center. He, he is. It's incredible. So he's just losing his leverage and, and anything he has more and more now. And I hate to see it. Like, I would, I, I like to know. I do. I like a hometown player who's coveted, you know, coveted position, one they've needed for years. $25 million. Why did you not sign that? If you wanted like 5.7 or 5.8 is the rumor? Dude, what are you thinking? You can have a burger named after you here. Dude, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to say a poutine. But... Nah, Good show. Sure. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. The Deno yeah. poutine. I don't know what's in it, but that's okay. Uh, I'll still safe, take it. It's not spicy because you know, you'll savor it, but I it won't like give it. you a kick. I, I do like my spicy. Yeah. Some joke about not having an offensive ability. <laughs> <laughs> it's solid. It'll, um... <laughs> solid. It's damn good, but we're not saying that poutine is just good. Poutine is amazing, but you know, no. But this poutine being... in particular, it's yeah, damn but good. This, but this, we all like. It's missing poutine, something. But the poutine is trying to reach above <laughs> what it is. It's like a McDonald's poutine trying to go from like a nice local restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this poutine's really worth like five dollars, but he's they're charging us six dollars for it. I remember working at McDonald's and having to make that poutine. It was so annoying because it's it's like it's out of the McDonald's rhythm. Because it's just because you first of all think I, I'm assuming their their fries are obviously frozen. I'm guessing well, most of yeah them they're are. frozen. Yeah, I'm assuming the gravy. Spill the speak. Spill the secrets, Daniel. Spill the secrets. <laughs> I'm guessing the gravy is just probably some block that they throw into like a like a hot pan and it's slowly melts and you gotta stir it. Oh, it's a powder. Out. It's a powder. It's a powder. Okay. Yeah. So you probably just get a big pot of water or something and you yeah. throw it in. And then I like the cheese. I'm guessing is just like I don't even want to think. It's about for the it. fridge. It's for the fridge. It's, it's like the cheese curds, like an individual cheese package. So at least it's curds. Like it's not yeah. just. What other stuff does McDonald's even have with cheese? So it's yeah, obviously the bird, but it's not like. You can't obviously use like the sliced whatever cheese from mm. some pit that McDonald's uses. I, yeah, I can what? just imagine oh. it's. I have yeah. one question. Yeah. 
why were the why were the ice cream machines always broken? Ah, I want Come I on. love flurries. Oh man. yeah, Come I don't on. know. I don't I don't know either uh, to be honest. Because working there when you, it I think it's just the frequency of of how often it was used. Like you know what I mean? Like the fryer, you'll finish the fries. This is such a random conversation. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We'll finish the fries and then like it's it's off right. But sure. McDonald's, like, especially in the summer, it, it's the machine that keeps on going. So there's no, I guess, break for it. So like, it just kind of keeps going on. Oh, fix these, it! These it's sounds, been done for years. These sounds like these sound like excuses. They this do. is this is nothing new. Yeah, I don't know. Like even working there too is a mystery to me. I'm like, why is this always broken? Daniel, you know what this is starting to sound a lot like? People going on CNBC and saying the people on Reddit are bad. Okay, oh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you have this inside connection with McDonald's, and you're just saying, you know what? I don't know. You're coming up with excuses here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't something. high enough to really know <laughs> to know what the inside answers were. <laughs> So you want just, something to be consistent like the ice cream machine, but it's incredibly inconsistent. Kind of like the NHL enforcing hits to the head. There we oh. go. I'm proud of that one. I'm, that was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. So last night, there was a little play behind the net where Jesperi Kakinemi turns around into a hit from Dylan Dubé, who got into the lineup last night. Great for him. He didn't hit him with his shoulder. He had his arms up. And gets Kakiyemi right in the head. No call on the ice. The ref is right there. Like, perfect view of it. Really, like, great. Fantastic. The head goes back, by the way. This isn't just like, oh, I'm down. Like, snap back, back. Like, was that head? It was like Mortal Kombat-esque. Not that bad. It was, it was close. Bad. It was it getting was bad. there. Uh, <laughs> Kakiyemi didn't play the last seven minutes of the second. Came back eventually for the third. Because concussion protocol, obviously. Yeah. Weber got a penalty for roughing afterwards because, you know, his rookie just got down. So don't give me this crap and veterans get the extra step because a rookie just got headshot. And now we look to see if player safety will do anything about this. Of course, there was nothing with Tyler Myers. The players had to enforce it themselves with Joel Edmondson fight. Fantastic. That did so much. Another Finn, another important part of the Montreal team, gets headshot. And... I don't listen. We could talk about turning. This is kind of like when Gallagher got his jaw broken in against the Flyers, and it was like, well, because you know he turned. You know, he, it was just it was supposed to be a cross check, and Gallagher turned around. If Gallagher was facing the other way, it wouldn't have been to his jaw. It would have been to the back of his head. This yeah. same scenario. Dubé had his freaking hands up when he gave the hit. He and pushed off of it, yeah. Yes. I'll help you. I'll help you out here. The Canadian press. We all know the Canadian press. And mm-hmm. their style. And their style. This is what was in their article after the game. Quote, this is a quote. Dubé's forearm launched into Kotkaniemi's head. Where? In what world? <laughs> like, Seriously. Do you not look at this again? I'm pretty Gary Galley on the broadcast. First game of the season, I've heard it. Like I tuned into the game and I'm like, oh my God, like it's John Bartlett. I get a John Bartlett game. Yes. But then, but then you hear Gary Galley and you hear him call Michael Tyler Defoley Michael Ryder all night. Michael Ryder has been <laughs> half since 2013. And he's like 
losing it over how great this hit is. Brian Burke says there's nothing wrong with it because, of course, Calgary. That's I was just I don't know player if it's safety old fashioned, but Calgary. I mean, why not? Did he draft Dubé? Uh, he, I think he was part of the management team. Anyway, but that was 2016, right? I don't remember. You would know better than I would. Dubé was he was the real junior captain in 2017. Yes. So here's what I'm I'm kind of thinking here. Yep. Um. The IIHF, anytime there is head contact, they do the right thing and they suspend it. This isn't player discipline, okay? Or what did what did Brian Burke say the department used to be called when he ran? I don't, I don't know. I'll find like, out. I'm actually looking him up right now. Okay. Because it's currently called player safety. Can we th- – it's player safety. This is the issue here. Forget about if it's a good hit or not. Yeah, the ref messed up. That should have been a penalty. That's an illegal check to the head. That's at least two minutes. Hits to the head are not safe. If there is nothing on this, if this is not at least a one-gamer, because Dubé doesn't have a history, and Cassie Pascal was sort of breaking down this idea of, of what Peros kind of gives as, as his criteria – Apparently, there needs to be at least 50% head contact. There was like I'm 100%. Like, and you're thinking like, first of all, how dumb is that? Like, it it goes against the name of the department. You're supposed to keep players safe. And if there is nothing for this, I, I we already have such a thing against player safety because they are just... George Peros is not... Like, let's be honest. Fighting in hockey is not safe. He's not the right guy to run this. I'm saying this before any verdict because I'm just so not confident. So much of this has gone under the radar. Like it's it's so simple. It was a hit to the goddamn head. He was bleeding. He left the game for a bit. Even if you want to make the argument that it wasn't the head, it was bare minimum the neck. Bare minimum. Like even if he was, let's say. Kod Kanyemi was turned around. Like, let's say his back was hit, like, because Dubé was going in, and that's right. And then Kod Kanyemi kind of turned. Even if he was still turned around, he still would have got him bare minimum the neck. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you know what's like here? Like, I'm showing, I'm touching my neck and the back of my neck. Like, I'm pretty sure there's important things. Right? Neck, spine, pretty important yeah. stuff. Like pretty important stuff. Like I don't know, I don't know what the. I just don't know what what's like the whole deal with Montreal Finnish players getting targeted. I don't know, Daniel, but I would love to know myself. I I'd love to know that you know, like thank God there's some depth on this team. Like thank God. Like what was he bent over? Like, uh, like because the argument is like he was okay. Sure, he was bent over a little bit. They were fighting for a puck. Like he was bent over a little bit. Like this much. Like this much. This much. That's still, and it it doesn't explain why Dubé is using his arms. But he was bent over the entire time. It's not like he went from this and then as like Dubé was coming and he was still bent over. I'm a little annoyed that I can't find the hit in the highlights of the game because that's typical. Do you guys see that the flame so that's he tweeted out like Attaboy Dubé and they deleted it right away? Uh, no, I know I, I didn't did. see that, I but that's pretty that. like 
Gutsy. So this is what I get. I don't know where he said it. I turned off the TV after the Leafs game. So he might have said it in between Winnipeg and uh, the Winnipeg game in these two games. Apparently, he said, I think it's a clean hit. You can't blow up a blow a guy up without making some contact with this set. I think that is the stupidest oh, thing yeah. ever. The thing is, it wasn't like, like, you know, it wasn't like a full on check. It looked like, you know, like it wasn't a full on hit in a way. It was kind of like the arms outreached. I think I think there's a major difference between between hitting between a blatant head hit and blowing a guy up. I think there's a huge difference. A hundred percent. Like there's, you're not going to change my mind on that one. And it's not like you had the momentum there. They were fighting for the puck. Like I, here's the thing. And it's not just in sports. I think this is a, 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 a thing that happens everywhere. It's not one side or the other. There is, st- there's this amazing thing called middle ground. So it's not, yeah, we want blatant head hits and we want absolute murder on the ice or we want no hitting in the NHL. That's by far one of the dumbest arguments I have ever heard in my life ever, ever, ever. It makes zero sense to me how it's one side or the other. There's, there's middle ground. There's literal middle ground that we're going to take out head hits. I, I never want to hear if this goes, if this is the second time it goes unpunished, I don't ever want to hear the NHL ever talk about concussions again, ever. I don't want to hear the NHL talk about it. The PA can talk about it. I don't ever want to hear the NHL as a league talk about them caring about concussions ever because this goes against everything. It goes against everything. You cannot sit here and tell me that them talking about saying, you know, the concussions, this and concussions that you don't care because hitting someone in the head gives people can give someone a concussion like purposefully, purposefully. If you get if you right, if you get hit hype, let's let's say this. You someone body check someone you hit your your hit your head against the ice. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. That's different. That is a completely different situation. It's it's not, oh, he hit his head on the ice after a hit, so you should be suspended. No, it's when your forearm or when you literally, your shoulder, your elbow, whatever, goes into the guy's head, when it is the primary target. Listen, you got it right really, really well there. Like, in what world do you normally see a hit like that? Like your like your arms going out. That's not how it works. Elbowing is a penalty. Like even if he was just going for his back, that was almost boarding too. It was just it was so dumb. Um, and there's no height. You know, I know they mentioned the Tyler Myers. Like, oh, that's a big boy hit on like a smaller player. Like Kogan Yemi is a big guy. It's like six three. He's a six, tick man, as yeah. they say. I just like listen. Just, just there has to be something here. Like again, you can see the discipline side and the intention of Dubé there. You can debate that all you want. If we're talking about intention, then I'll try and hear you out about a tall player being bent over and turning. Like oh, I get that. Like whatever. We can have the intentional debate, whatever. But the simple fact here is that they have to enforce hits to the head because again one more time the department of player safety is what i feel like a lot of people are missing by the way that you know like brian burke who we love 
but dude. Okay, um, that's everything on the Montreal front. It's not MMA. Like, I don't no. understand. Like, yeah. in MMA, sorry, I'm so sorry, but just let me get this out. No, I, fine, sorry. Like, yeah. I think I've, how, I've said this so many times on the podcast. I hate having to repeat it. But in MMA, the goal is to literally beat the crap out of somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, they're signing up. They're signing up. When Conor McGregor, when whoever signs up to to go into a fight, they are willingly walking in there to get hit in the head. Mm-hmm. When John, John Tavares, when Jonathan Druin, when Victor Mete, when whoever signs their contract, there's nowhere in there that says you might get hit in the head. Mm-hmm. If anything, the, like other leagues, like the NFL has done something about head hits, right? Like the the head to head hit, like head the helmet to helmet hit. They realized that was bad. They implemented something about it. Mm-hmm. So why are we so far behind? What is it? What is it with this league in being so far behind in literally everything? Don't ever ask the question why you are dead last in the big four. Never. I don't want to hear it anymore because it's damn obvious now. Mm-hmm. In lighter news, sorry, because I'm getting so. One thing I didn't miss about the summer is talking about player safety, because um, man, they they just they're so inconsistent. They're like Alexander Albon last year. Oh, oh yes. Oh, 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 <laughs> reference for you there, lads. Okay. Um, last night we got a game that we expect the Oilers and the Leafs to have, and that is every time we look up from our whatevers, we see a goal being scored. Um, I'll tell you this. So I've, I've got Bell 5. I have a receiver in my two controllers, but the receiver just has the power button. It doesn't have like a channel swap or anything on it, right? Both my Bell 5 controllers stopped working. So, and it just happened that the channel, it was almost the Leafs game. So I'm like, okay, great. I have to watch the Montreal Canadiens on my thingy being distracted because, you know, the Leafs game's going on. But every time I looked up, it was like, oh, the goal. It's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, Again, that Nylander goal, how in the world? Did we know it was him? The Matthews goal, I had no idea how that went in. Every goal, every goal was like, what is happening? The Anderson, so not the Anderson, like the Archibald stuff. Like, how do you get a chance like that right at the end? Like the McDavid pass to, God, who was it? The wicked McDavid, that was to Archibald too, right? The wicked McDavid pass to the front of the net. Who was that? But there were there was disappointments like um Ennis having a terrible power um penalty shot too. Yeah. But I didn't yeah, I didn't realize that was a penalty shot. That was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, oh okay. So bad. So bad. That was as bad as like remember that, that game when it was one of the play-in rounds between Montreal and uh Pittsburgh and Drew and, and I can't remember which Pittsburgh player, they both had penalty shots and they both missed. And it was like you son how <laughs> God damn it. There's nothing worse than like that's gonna be on dang it's for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, but like let's start talking about the goaltending controversy and no, how one doesn't exist. There's again, no goaltending controversy. For what Frederick Anderson pulled out against Archibald for that last few seconds of the game. Like my cat, like he saved two points right there. Like obviously got one, but you know he, what I mean. Yeah, like he was fin- I, I think now okay. There is no, let me start with there is zero goaltending controversy in this city. Who I I don't 
Jack can't, and I know what I know exactly what it is. It's just people overreacting, and it. I guess it's okay because it's sports. People overreact, mm-hmm. but let's set the record straight here. There is no goaltending controversy. Like Frederick Anderson is the starter. I don't think when Jack Campbell comes back, it's gonna magically change. I'm gonna talk about Jack Campbell. No, we're not talking about. We're not talking about Michael Hutchinson. I he's not. I don't think he's gonna play a game. I really don't. I like. How many more back to backs did they have coming up? The next one isn't for a couple weeks. I think. Um, It's Ottawa. On the 17th and 18th of February. Just play Freddie back to back. I mean, who knows? Maybe can't, like maybe Hutchinson will have to play. Who who knows? I, I think walking into this season, there was a lot of talk with Freddie because there were rumors that the Leafs were getting calls about him. I mean, I I, I was pretty much confirmed. Um and you know, he, he is on the last year of his contract. It, mm-hmm. That is true. Do I think he's going to get re-signed? Probably not. Like, highly unlikely. But we, we've had issues with Freddie in the past with the way he's performed in the playoffs. But let's remember who was in front of him. Garbage. The defense. The defense you know. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, the defense. I should be a little more clear. This I think that the defense he has in front of him this year is the best defense he's had in front of him since his Anaheim days. Because the first year he got he got here, it was Zaitsev. I think it was Zaitsev. It might Zaitsev might not have been there yet. Either way, it's been other than Riley. Oh no, uh, it was Zaitsev. Because it was um he came in when they came back to the playoffs. So right, Zaitsev. right. So it was like Zaitsev, Hainsey, uh, Marinson, Matt Hunwick. Uh, like, like, listen to the name. Yeah, Roman Polak for years. Like, Connor Carrick. Connor, yeah. But, well, not it was Connor Carrick who wasn't playing. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think this year's defense is a lot different than what he's had in the past. It's a, it's a little more, I think the word we'll go with is stable. I think yeah. that's that's a very good point. I more mean, responsible. Yeah, more responsible, and and I think in the past that's created it, it's put a lot of um, pressure on Freddie because he's had to take more shots, and there have been a lot more high danger chances because the defense have given up these high danger chances. Mm-hmm. And this year, when you have a more stable and more reliable defensive core. You don't necessarily have to do that. The real test, I think, for Leaf fans with Freddie is going to be the playoffs. It's not going to be the regular season because he's always had a weird regular season, a slower start, and then just a buildup because he's one of those guys who like playing a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's not going to play the same amount of games he would as a regular season uh, in, a, in a regular regular season, but he's still going to play the most games for this team. Mm-hmm. So there's no goaltending controversy. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It just sounds like the last dance. Like, you know, the, the intro. No, what, what, what Where did it's they like, say? There's no backstabbing here. And then like, they say it like five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, then you see Michael Jordan just taking all the shots at the GM on the bus and you're like, yeah, sure. 
<laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like, I think Freddie is still going to be their guy. Um, contract I wise, I'm not sure how the market's going to go, but mm. I think that he played great. It's just, you know, it's like what we said before. Connor McDavid is a cheat code. Oh, oh baby. Oh, both oh, goals. Hold a thought on that. We're, we're talking about that in a second. <laughs> In a second or now? <laughs> in a second. Sorry, I thought Daniel was still going. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I love Freddie. I'm only going to love him. But, yep. you know, he had a good game despite the overtime loss. Again, the save on Archibald is enough for me. I'm like, man, he can only have so many boring games against the Oilers. Like, at some point, we're going to have a shootout here. I was going to crack open. It was Curtis McElhinney, like. That is very true. <laughs> what a weird fish he is. McDavid, though. Oh, 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 Stanley oh, Cup oh, champion. Curtis oh, no, McElhaney. No, no. Oh, they're so freaking good. McDavid, like, I always, the academy goes nervous when he he goes one on three on one and four. Just because, like, the first time he ever did it, he broke his collarbone and missed a season or half a season. That's true. Or he does what he does last night. And, like, I had looked up <sighs> as it happened. Like, it was one of the times when I looked up and I went, oh, I think even that was not me stuttering. That was me just I almost threw up because of how disgusting the oh. goal was. Like oh. I remember, like obviously the group chat was going, and I just I didn't want to say anything because first of all, Mike was behind the streams that we were watching, or he was streaming it, or maybe no, he wasn't streaming. He was probably watching it legally, and it was just he was behind pro- us. He, was wa- no. he said he was watching it with his parents. Anyway, that so I, I was waiting for you guys for Alex to be the first one to send it, or you know, or Mike. And Alex took a while to respond. I'm like, what's going on here? And he just said, I needed to take a second. Because <laughs> here's the thing. The last time the, the last time that I believe, Alex, you went to a game that was, was the, the big David game. just ending Morgan Riley. Yeah. Uh, he just – this is when – the kind of game when you realize, yeah, you know what? No, McKinnon's not the best. No, he's – no, he's not. He, <laughs> no. No, it's it's Connor. Holy crap! Like more than once in that game, did Connor McDavid go through the entire team? He's just, he's, I just get him a supporting cast, please. This isn't like like me crapping on the Oilers. It's just like at this point, I'm begging them, get him Do some something. help, please. If he leaves, let's just remember they he they asked for this. Mm-hmm. They asked for this. I mean, we've talked about before, like, you know, we they have the draft picks. It's just these guys are not coming for a while. Raphael Lavois is not coming for a while. Man, man, you need to develop stuff first. Like I really thought Terrace was gonna help them. No. No. He stabilized it a bit. It's just I'm like he Daniel, just, he's on. not like here's he's not the thing. moving the dial. Here's the thing with the Oilers. They had three major issues. Goaltending, defense, and forward depth. They addressed the last thing they should have addressed. What is the most important thing to the team? What's a, one of the most important things to a team? Sorry. Goaltending? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's been a bit of a wash. I, I, can I just say that like I have a massive Friedman? I, I hate when Elliot Friedman makes sense because he's just so great. He went on. Like, I was thinking, I was going to come into the show today and be like, you know what? I love Koskinen. He's doing so. And then Friedman in his damn Christmas tree shirt um, suit just took all the thunder. You know, he said, you know what? A lot of respect to Koskinen because he's yeah. played every game. I. I 
because you know I, I wonder like Stuart Skinner if he goes and it's going to be like when um when DiPietro got the emergency call up I wonder yeah. if he goes in and the Oilers just because I don't trust them to be able to uh, it's kind to of shield like this goalie one of one of them one of the guys in hockey central made a really good point of when when Reimer and Mrazek are hurt and they the Carolina Hurricanes have whatever goalie in net and as I was saying, I'm like, did I, just, did I just mention the e-bug? No. Um, but like, of how good they are at actually boxing out opponents. And I'm like, it's not even just that the Oilers' depth lacks talent. It's just, it, they seem to lack motivation. They or, won't or coordination. Anything. It's just, there's not a lot of, I hate to, remember when Claude Julien is last year in Boston was like, we don't have enough talent. You know, that reminds me of like, Adam Larson, he's one of the leaders in block shots, which is great, but it just like, it's congratulations. Like little, it's like the little things to really connect with the other partners. That that's showing missing. he gives a damn at least. Like this other or like Columbus buy in for Tortorella. They give it. They they give the body on the line. I look at the Oilers and I'm like, yeah, Russell and, and Larson are crap contracts. They're not the ideal defensemen. But- but they're they're sacrificing the body. They're trying. But I look at so many has the to yell more. Okay, so then, yeah. so first off, two things. Number one, yeah. uh, just to finish off that goalie thing, they're yeah. not even in on anybody. They're not even in on anybody. What is this? It's it's uh, like they put a claim in on Dell. Obviously, they didn't get him. But you have Miko Koskinen. Mike Smith is supposed to be your backup goalie, injured. You claim Troy Grosnick off waivers. Who is Jimmy, that? I don't, uh, from LA, I think. Okay. Jimmy Howard wouldn't even come, like, he retired. <laughs> I am retired. Which, who, for whatever reason, it's just funny to say he didn't want to come to Edmonton. Yeah. Markstrom wouldn't want, didn't want to come to Edmonton. And now you're going to throw Stuart Skinner out to dry. You remember when Dylan Ferguson played for the Golden Knights? And he was like a seventh round pick. Like and there you summer. go again. They bought in. Was they, that their like fifth goalie? Like what? they had, they think like emergency, uh, like what is it? Because he was playing, emergency call up. He was yeah, playing in the, the W or O. Yeah, in the OHL, and they had to, like they had like five goalies in charge. Was he the fourth one? Because it was it was Flurry. I think you were about to do the. Okay, so remind me here. So it was Flurry, Flurry then Subban, 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 um, like Oscar Oscar Dansk, and Oscar Dansk. Yeah, that was it. Dance. <laughs> okay. Flurry could have won the best of that year. His stats were so good. He just playing though. Uh, <laughs> um, this is so dumb. The Oilers suck. But okay. What are their records? Let's go. Like, I want to address something that you brought up buying in. What do you do, like, if you're Ken Holland? Because the whole thing a couple of years ago when they fired Peter Shirelli, that they had already fired um Todd McClellan, brought in Ken Hitchcock for that season. Then then they brought in Ken, Ken Holland, mm-hmm. and now you have Dave Tippett after who after one like pretty good year considering the Oilers had a pretty good year didn't nest would have made the playoffs in a nor in normal circumstances. Now it doesn't look like your guys are buying in, whether if they're buying in or not, or your team just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do if you're Ken Holland? Because I don't know how. Like, what are you going to do? Go out. I mean, there's some pretty good. There's a good guy who's available, Gerard Gallant. Like, what do you do? I I don't know if you can 
I don't. I like Tippett. I don't know why yeah. I like him. It's just uh, you. You. What I think the Oilers have to capitalize on is they have to not bargain hunt because I think they've tried to do that and it doesn't work. But the way that the market looks now. And how just, you know, you hope that guys like with Larson coming off the books because he's not coming back. You, you've really got to – because you can't – like this is the worst year to make moves to try and fix your team. It's not going to happen. It's a miracle we've gotten as many trades as we have. Do they so have a you, choice? It's that think- you have to keep trying to work on your development, which, you know, that, that takes a while. And the question is, does that come in? Do, you, do those players arrive in time? Because, listen – one bad year with Connor at 18, 19, turns into two, three. I've lost five years. I'm already 23, 24. Math may have been a little off there. Whatever. You only he's 24. No, you're right. How long until he says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out? Yeah. It, it has to be a question. It's a crime that he's not, that we don't get to see him more. I feel like this is like a weird mm-hmm. cycle we're in because mm-hmm. we'll talk about how there's that pressure in on two fronts that, Dave Tippett was coming to be a stabilizing force because he managed to squeeze out what he got out of his systems. And, you know, that was with Dallas. That was with Arizona. And I really thought it was going to kind of stick with them. And then the second thing is what we talked about is the other talent they kind of really have in the system that, yeah, they've been able to kind of stockpile things. But I think there's more of that pressure that, like, you know, we really got to hit on these picks. And I don't think they have been. Like, Philip Broberg, I, I don't really see it. Right now, he could prove me wrong. Evan Bouchard, I don't really see it. Raphael Wait, just, just, just remind me, who Broberg, who was drafted? Was it right after it? Or before? It was right after, yeah. Who was drafted right after Broberg again? Trevor Zegris. Uh, that's a pretty good player. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, I just thought I wanted to. Yeah, but I think there's been of the, that pressure, and they just, they just haven't been able to kind of give that extra oomph outside of Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like, I, I, Where's Everly? Like, man, it's just, there's just, I, I hate the Oilers in so many ways. Just... And what are they, what, what can they actually do? Like that, that's the real question is, okay, you got all these, this, you got this money coming off the books. I mean, you're probably going to resign Nugent Hopkins. That's not a question. Oh yeah. Al- yeah. Alex Chase on like, I'm sorry, at 2.1. If that's what. <laughs> Like you're welcome. Like you should be thanking McDavid. Like let's make that very clear. He had one heater and got a million dollars from it. Remember, remember that where he had like yeah. a stretch when he just couldn't stop scoring, and they were like, "Ah, oh, here you go." Adam he Larson, did. like yeah, like Adam Larson probably not coming back. Yeah, he, yeah, he needs oh, to change, change the scene. Like that's gonna Ty- be another story once he's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like Tyson. What do you do with Tyson Berry? Um, you still need another goalie. What? what, Like, so you also, it's not like you can really, is the smartest move for you to make trades? Absolutely not. Like, your cupboards are okay in terms of prospects. I wouldn't necessarily do that. You're missing your second, third, and fifth this year, and you have your picks for all your picks for the next two years after that, 2022 and 2023. Mm -hmm. Don't trade them. Unless you're bringing in significant pieces, like hypothetically, let's say the OEL deal worked, which would have, I think would have done 
massive things for the team considering Clefbaum's not there. Then you give up picks, but don't just throw picks like what they did last year with Athanasiu. Here's two second round picks, especially considering that you weren't able to bring him back. I'm trying to think if there, and I'm looking at to see if there's any goalies who are, because with that talent, and hopefully Clefbaum comes back and he's great. And maybe you can hold on to Barry and guys like Bear and that can continue to be really good. Like Darnell Nurse too. If you can have a competent defensive core, a stud goalie, you can sort of buy time for those, for like those young guys to grow on the offensive side. But, and again, they could have done it on the off season. It didn't even have to be Markstrom. It could have been anyone else. And they completely blew it. And they didn't fix their D. I, I like I said this before. Tyson Berry was a great addition to the team. I think he's a good player offensively. Yes. But my God, does he not look good defensively? Mm-hmm. Or how lucky were they with Ethan Bear? <laughs> Barry. Right. Yeah. Like you made you okay. I know the there we we didn't know if Clefbaum was coming back. So what? So what? You go out and sign a cleft bomb replacement for one year and not address the main one of the main issues on your team that your team isn't very good defensively. Mm-hmm. Like your uh, Friedman's right. Mishko Koskinen's doing way more work than he has to. He's is, just, he's not good enough, unfortunately. Is he overpaid? Yes. Is he a bad goalie? No. But he's not necessarily that this team's starter, or he should be this. He should not be this team starter. I, I think he would be perfect in Jake Allen's role. I think he would be a really, really good backup. He honestly, he like he could be like a one B. But the thing is, the way the Oilers are doing it, he is their one A. He is their one, even with Mike Smith healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, what, you're telling me you're going to play Mike Smith 40 games? Really? Yeah, it gets really worrying when you keep hearing uh, goaltending and Mike Smith is mentioned. Um, Anything else here to wrap up? Because we have been going very, very long. Uh, Starting with you, Dan. Nothing really. I think that it's like an unending cycle of we we, we analyze the Oilers, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, we actually – like and it's the same thing as Ken Holland. Like I, like I can't find a solution right now for this team. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it sucks to hear that when the best player in the world is slowly wilting away, like some overcooked um, spring onions, and you've thrown in too early in your egg fried rice. Alex, any closing thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to process what you just said. <laughs> Imagine trading the best player to the best player of his generation again. Listen, I'm not saying it works out, but a sign and trade with Phil Deneau would be a fantastic experience. They need two-way players. They need guy. You know, Leon could be the guy offensively. Phil doesn't have to fill that knee. I'm just saying it makes a lot of sense. Um, but with I'll throw Victor Mete in a second uh, and a fifth. I guess just to go back to Toronto because I guess we kind of veered off that path for a little bit, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Um, the, I, I one thing I wanted to point out is I really enjoyed. I like the way they played, especially not last night, but Thursday night, because they were able to come back from losing a lead. Mm-hmm. And that rarely happens. 
with this team over, especially over the last few few years. Like, I mean, listen, they're playing Edmonton and Connor McDavid, and he's looked like an absolute beast. So I guess losing the lead wasn't necessarily the worst thing. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but coming back from the lead, and even last night coming back from being down three to one was impressive for this team and new strides. Sorry, by the way, um, part of my chair broke. Oh, oh, good. I thought it was good. your beaker that fell. The seat just fell off too. Oh, so okay. we won't. You won't be using that chair anytime soon. Nope. All right. <laughs> well, you know what they say: sitting is the new smoking. Um, is that what they say? Yeah, it is. Um, I guess that's everything then. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you everyone for watching the episode today. I'm gonna try and readjust myself to do the outro here. Um, we enjoy doing this as always. Um, hopefully you enjoyed listening to it because it's fun. Um, if you're listening to this on the YouTube or watching, even if you're not, go check out the video portion of the show for all the shenanigans that have gone on, like my chair breaking, me now doing the show on my knees in my kitchen. Um, be sure to check out Alex's blog. Be sure to check out Daniel's work for the Hockey Writers, a fantastic article about Minnesota, as well as all the stuff for the eye opener. Um, Daniel, are you doing anything for the, the what is it, the sports thing that's coming out? The, the sports eye? issue? Yes. Uh, yes, I've been in a negotiation talks with Will Baldwin about a, a possible situation that, you know, we could find ourselves in. What's funny is I asked him to join our fantasy league. I don't have an answer, but he got me to start writing something for that as well. So All right. Awesome. I'll, I'll be doing good. the thing about doing jerseys and that. Check out my YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, not a lot of HFRs because life and school gets in the way, um, but I'm definitely doing one now. Um, beside that. Five star reviews on iTunes because you mean Apple would... Podcast. Yeah, God, why did they change it? It's so dumb. Um, even though it feels like everything's under iTunes, you got to recover something from your iCloud. You got to go through iTunes. It makes no sense. Yeah, everything. I think that's everything. Thank you. The Thank voice says always fantastic oh. for the show. I always realize them when I'm like, "Is that it?" And I gotta. Oh, my knees are. But we really... love you guys. We love Voice Ed. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's everything. All Thanks, guys. <laughs>